is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a curriculum. We've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some great content and free stuff that we don't or can't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. The show's about you, and we are here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show but you want to know where to begin or find out more about what we teach here at AOC and especially during our live programs in LA, you can go to the website and we'll email you a starter kit of all the top shows here on The Art of Charm. We'll also send you fundamentals like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating and attraction, business networking and negotiation, relationship management, and all that stuff we'd wish we'd learned and mastered years ago. We've got our live programs running every week here in Los Angeles, California. Theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp is where you can find details on that, or you can call us or even email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything, and I'm looking forward to meeting you here at AOC. Today we're talking with my friend Mike Freed. He saved me a ton of money on my engagement ring. He saved my friend a mega ton of money on his engagement ring. He's a diamond consultant. He works for you for free, and he works for the companies in exchange for an affiliate commission. But uh, it's set up really well in terms of incentives, so he's not incentivized to sell you something you don't want or don't need. And we're going to talk about some pitfalls of diamonds, why buying a diamond online is something you should look into, certification of what it means to certify a diamond, why this matters, finding the balance of spending what you quote unquote should spend and not overpaying for something that's only noticeable on paper, and of course why diamonds are terrible investments. So enjoy this one with Mike Freed of Diamonds Pro. Tell us in sort of one sentence what you do for your clients. Uh, one sentence, we help people not get screwed when they're buying diamonds. Right, awesome. Yeah, and at first I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm not going to because I have a reputable jeweler. And I remember you kind of laughed about that involuntarily when I first told you. And that was kind of an interesting signal for me because you were like, oh, sorry. And it wasn't like a salesy, like, ha, 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 you don't know anything. It was like, yeah, yeah, okay, you and everybody else. And it... The joke is that even a reputable jeweler makes a ton of money marking up the stones, right? Absolutely. And and to be honest, I, I'm sure there are plenty of reputable jewelers out there, but every horror story that we that we get from readers starts with a reputable jeweler or a friend of a friend. So I trusted the person, and then they show me or they send to me the details of what they got, and it ends up being a disaster. Not all the time, but uh, too often, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and that's the scary part, is you can have somebody that you've known forever, and they're still going to do the business, which is mark up what's already been marked up, what's already been marked up, which is a diamond that's been marked up by the seller, which has been marked up by the wholesaler, which has been marked up by his dealer, which then he has to mark up to make a profit on. So. By the time I went to my reputable jeweler who my friend had actually dealt with and gotten like, quote unquote, a decent price, I showed you the stone and you were like, yeah, man, I mean, even with the discount, with the no tax, with the buddy, buddy, whatever, it's still almost twice as much as it should cost. Exactly. 
Exactly. And listen, I, I used to work in the in the wholesale business. You know, the the head of the snake when I was uh, when I was working for for a manufacturer, and for my best friends, I was willing to help them get a diamond direct from our company. And even there, you know, they didn't get it for cost. I would have to I would have to mark up the diamond because our company doesn't want to have to deal with private uh, consumers coming in, and we would have to charge a markup for anybody, even if I was helping them. Right. So when yeah. I hear when I hear these stories about a friend who's giving it to them for cost, nobody does things for cost because then they're ultimately they'll end up losing money. You know, out of every ten friends they help, one of them is going to be unhappy, and they're going to have to take back the diamond, and they're going to lose money on it. They need to mark things up, and it's their business, it's their livelihood. It's like that's just how it works. Yeah. Anytime I hear somebody saying they're getting something for cost plus five percent. I know that it's a disaster rating in the making. Yeah, and I was willing to listen because I figured, well, wait a minute. Somebody who does research, and my friend was in a substantially different situation. He had a diamond in the family already that he had brought to the jeweler, and the guy was like, yeah, I can work with this, which I thought was interesting. And you know, by way of background, of course, I had talked to you like the day after I decided to buy something. I mean, I'd already yeah. decided to propose at some point and get married at some point, which is probably news to a lot of the audience, although not to the women who've been reading between the lines, ladies. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go ring shopping, I'm gonna get something this year and probably get engaged at some point during 2015. And of course, Jenny listens to the show, so I'm not gonna say any more than that. And I'll tell you the story already of how she friggin' found the diamond, but well, so that whole thing is blown. <laughs> but it's all good. And the day after that, you and I were talking because we had been introduced by somebody who doesn't even doesn't even matter who now because I forgot. And I was like, "Tell me what you do again." And you're like, "I help people buy diamonds." And I was like, "Oh my god, the fortuitous circumstances that I now see here. Like you literally are exactly the guy that I need to talk to that I was worried about how I was going to find." That came at a really unique time, at a perfect time. I sort of decided, okay, I'm gonna t test this jeweler. So after you had sent me some selections uh, of diamonds that you have found online that were much cheaper, which is what you do, and we'll get to that in a second, I showed those to the jeweler, the reputable jeweler that had already picked out some stones, and I said, hold on, let me think about it, and I ran them by you and you had replied with these selections, I called him and said, you know, actually I have some other stones. And he said, well, I need to physically hold the stone because I need to see if I can work with it. And that didn't sit right with me, and when I told you that, what did you tell me when I told you that? That's something I hear quite often from readers, the track that jewelers are taking right now. They're under enormous pressure. You know, the internet is, is radically changing the, the retail scenarios that they're dealing with. And they have to come up with an excuse why you can't buy online. And they talk about there's emotional aspects of buying the diamond. You have to feel it. You have to have some sort of connection to it. But in reality, a diamond is a rock. It's, yep. it's a very pretty rock, but it's a rock. And there are specifications of a diamond and different qualities of a diamond that you can find out online without a problem to tell you how good of a diamond it is. And there's no reason why you need to be buying that in person. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right, it, it, it's it's a commodity. It's like buying rice and saying, hey, you know, you don't want to have that rice delivered, man. You know, you could get something that you can't eat. And you're, and you're thinking, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be okay with the rice, right? And it, they're like, no, no, you need to come in. You need to hold the rice in your hand before it's cooked. You need to smell it. 
you need to inspect it. And I'm, at the end of the day, unless that rice comes over and it looks like it's got worms in it, it's fine. Yeah. Listen, I, I think a great uh, parallel would be shoes. Uh, a friend of mine had a, a franchise of a, of a major shoe company, and he was uh, laughing about this new company that was on the block a while ago uh, called Zappos. He's like, nobody would ever buy shoes online. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, nowadays, that's by far and away the biggest shoe company in, in the United States. People are more comfortable buying online. They know these, these are legitimate, reputable companies. You can buy what you think is going to work. And, you know, they all have great return policies, which, oddly enough, most of the jewelers do not have. So they talk about this. But if you have any regrets, you know, you get sold something in the showroom. And then you bring it back home, and all of a sudden you notice something that you didn't quite like, or you realize that you've got a bad deal. If you buy it in a, in a local jeweler, nine, 99 out of 100 times, you're stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. Or there's a restocking fee, which is such BS, because again, it's a rock. Yeah, exactly. I noticed a lot of things, even from this reputable jeweler, that I thought were kind of shady. Like, he was like, oh, this is going to take a long time. This is a process. It involves a lot of work on my part. And I was like, well, you know, I'm here from out of town. This is a jeweler in Beverly Hills. So I was like, I'm from San Francisco. I'm not in a huge rush. And he goes, yeah, no, I. this is going to take a while. You know, I need to look and source the stones. And, da, da. and I got a call like two hours later. I think I was like eating breakfast. And he's like, hey, come in tomorrow and I'll have stones for you. And I thought, hmm, for something that takes so much work, you got stones pretty much instantaneously. Diamonds are a, a dime a dozen. They're, they're, they're all over if, the place. If it's only. not too hard to get them. But yeah, I mean, he was like, I can't hold on to these for long. And I was like, all right. There was a lot of like fake scarcity. And I thought, I remember telling him, and this made him mad. I said, well, then you can just get other ones, right? Because there's a lot of diamonds. He was like, no. These are particular, you know, I requested these from this dealer and, you know, they're not going to let me sit on these. You have to come in and pick one. And I just thought it was weird, you know, it was like a weird pressure. And I thought, no, I don't. I don't have to pick one. If I don't have to pick a house, I sure as shit don't have to pick a stone. Exactly. And, and you know, that's actually a, a, one of the biggest uh, differences between online retailers and, and brick and mortar retailers you know, when you have a nice shop in Beverly Hills, it's very difficult to have the proper inventory for customers to walk in and find something that they like. Now, if you want to do a million or two million dollars a year in business, which is probably minimum of what you have to do in Beverly Hills, you need to have two to three million dollars worth of inventory in the store. And most people can't afford to float that kind of inventory. Uh, we can touch on the way that online retailers work later, but it's just not an efficient way to find products for the consumers. Right. And I mean, you spent eight years working in the wholesale side. You just got sick of it, right? I mean, what? why did you yeah. leave and start the site, the Diamonds Pro site? Well, um, my partner actually started it, Ira Weissman. We worked together at Leo Schachter, which is one of the largest diamond manufacturers in the world. And we both left the industry. Uh, it was just not an industry that we were, that either of us were interested in anymore. And you know, Ira came up with the idea, you know, we have all this information. We've been helping retailers maximize profitability. That's what a manufacturer does. We try to sell diamonds to a, to a retailer right. and make sure they make money on it so that they keep buying more. That's right. That's code for screw the end user kind of, right? Exactly. You know, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's entirely unethical. You know, people build brands in, in every industry. Of, of course. It's your job to make money doing whatever you're doing. It's just that 
you flipped sides and now your your job is to save people money. That's all. Exactly. You know, I decided I I walked away from the industry. It just wasn't something I felt good about. And I was I was looking for a change and you know, Ira messaged me with this idea that he had. And it was a fantastic one. We can take our knowledge and put it to use helping the other side. Helping people not fall into the traps that we were previously laying. You know, it's a it's a fantastic site. When we when we originally started the website, Ira started uh, with the domain Truth About Diamonds, and you know we've we've recently updated it. But um, I thought that that was a really good a really good brand name. It is. Yeah. That's, listen, we've we've helped a lot of people over the last few years. I know, and and this is an important thing for me. That people are probably wondering, like, why the hell you know? So what? You bought your stone from this guy? You got a discount or something? Honestly, I didn't know how big of a racket this was until you helped me and then I say I couldn't believe the amount of savings like I didn't save like a thousand bucks on a dime I mean I saved like half of the money and which is insane because I was worried like crap how am I gonna be able to get something nice how much are you supposed to spend there's all these weird myths that are created by marketing we'll get into all that and then it was like Man, I'm gonna have to pay this thing off, and I gotta buy insurance for. I mean, I was like, I was looking at it, just massive money pit of myth, and manufacturer created myth. Because buying a diamond can be really complicated, and it's really easy to overpay for a stone or get really screwed. And there's a lot of legal ways to deceive somebody in the diamond business. It's it's like buying a computer or something, except for you actually have to print the real specs on the box of the computer, whereas with diamonds, there's like different certificates and all this stuff, and so you can't even go to like the, the Better Business Bureau and go, this dealer ripped me off, because they're gonna go, yeah, what was on the sheet was accurate, it's just that this lab that certifies diamonds is full of crap, so complain about them. And you're just, you're getting the runaround to the point where you're not getting any money back, there's no point, right? Exactly, you know, that's uh, one of the unfortunate sides of the business, there are so many ways that people can screw you legally that most of the jewelers and most of the so-called wholesalers out there that, that sell to consumers, they don't need to actually commit fraud to screw you. So there's really no recourse. I saw a couple of articles in the newspaper about a, a big retailer that was selling diamonds with EGL certification, which is, I mean, there's one based in LA. It's European Gemological Laboratory. Um, they give an, a theoretically independent certification of of the diamonds. Unfortunately, they're they're notorious for being very lax in their grades and also wildly inconsistent. So when they're claiming you're getting a certain quality, really you're getting a far inferior quality diamond. And you think you're getting a good deal, but in reality you're actually overpaying an obscene amount for that diamond. Yeah, and that part is is scary to anybody, let alone somebody who's worried about being able to afford something nice. I, I mean, if you're on a budget, which like every dude is when they buy this, especially because it's not an investment of any kind, and again, I wanna debunk that too. It seems like everything I say, it's like, oh yeah, we gotta fry that myth. The last thing you wanna do if you're like, man, how am I gonna stretch the dollar is is then go waste thousands of those very scarce dollars like on some upmarket crap that ends up in some rich guy's margin. Exactly. And listen, nobody wants to spend more for less. That's just something I, I can't imagine anybody wanting to do. If if there were brands out there that were offering more for the, for the premiums that they're charging, then then it's worthwhile. But unfortunately, diamonds are not unfortunately diamonds are just commodities. 
you can get the same bra from Tiffany's that you're getting from an online retailer. There's nothing that Tiffany can do to make that diamond nicer. Maybe the jewelry will be a little nicer, but they're charging two or three times the amount for the diamond. And it's the same exact piece of bra that you're getting from any online retailer. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. And the fact of the matter is, you know, you you can get the stone online, which when you told me that, I was like, wait a second. I'm not buying a friggin' diamond online. But then I thought, well, like you said, with Zappos, I wouldn't have bought shoes online. I certainly wouldn't have bought a computer online five years ago. But now I almost never go to stores for anything because there's no yeah. point. Everything you can get online. And, and again, if you get something online, you can look at the return policies uh, from a jeweler and you can look at the return policies from the site like the one that you sent me where I bought my ring and it's much better online. They're like, hey, if you're if you're not happy with it, you pay return shipping. If you're not happy with it and it's in a setting, you've gotta pay a fee because we gotta pry that thing out of there and blah, blah, blah. And if you're not happy with it and it's over this amount of time, you can send it back and we'll give you a massive credit for the value of this if you buy something else from the site. I mean, it's more than fair. Yeah. It's more yeah, than fair. Yeah, listen, I mean, every, every website that, that we recommend offers full refunds on the diamonds within a certain period of time. Some of them give you two weeks, some of them give you a month, some of them even give you two months. Uh, some of the websites even offer to pay for return shipping. They're satisfied with their their own product, and they're confident that there's going to be very few returns, and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. How do we know what type of stone we're getting, right? Because you can say a diamond is a diamond, but there's different types of cuts. There's different types of conditions that go into the stone, and I want to get through with this because I know there's there's people in L.A., that we're talking to me and they're like, oh man, you know, you can go to this place and you can get a different type of diamond and it's gonna be much cheaper and it's gonna be even better. And I looked at, again, what you had told me to look out for and it's like, can I see the GIA cert? Oh, we use this other laboratory because yeah. GIA marks up their certification and we pass the savings on to you. And I'm like, no, there's like fake labs. I mean, tell us about this because this is exactly where guys get screwed when they're trying to save. Exactly. and and. You know, we go on, we go on about this in depth on our website. If somebody's interested in reading the nitty gritty details, uh, we have a whole diamonds 101. We even have a diamonds 102 section. But essentially, a, a diamond's value is determined by the quality, which is the four C's of the diamond. That's, that's the famous four C's: cut, color, clarity, and carats. Um, cut is the shape of the diamond and how well cut it is, which will show how brilliant it is. Uh, color is how white the diamond is. Clarity is how many imperfections there are in the diamond. And carats is the size. The bigger the diamond, the more expensive it's going to be. Uh, there's no such thing as uh, going with the top quality. No matter what you're going for in terms of quality, you're going to have to sacrifice on the, on the other, on one of the other C's. So the way we help people buy diamonds is we try to find the balance of the perfect qualities that you will still see a beautiful diamond, but you'll be getting the biggest diamond you can for your budget. That's, in essence, what we do. Now, back to the show. There's a lot of things to consider, right? Like, for example, the stones I saw at the jeweler, he's like, listen, these are gonna be better stones than you're gonna find online. That's what he told me after I countered with the online thing. And I said, yeah, but, I don't need a stone 
that has no inclusions in it. And inclusions are, are what? These little bits of carbon, right, that that you can't really see with the naked eye up to a certain grade. So I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for something that looks even better under a microscope because Jenny's not going to look at it under a microscope. She's going to look at it with her eyes. So I want something that's eye clean, which is a concept that you taught me that I'd never heard before. Yeah, eye clean is a popular term that we use. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. People can buy a diamond that's perfect, that doesn't have any inclusions. But, you know, those are very rare. And the price goes through the roof. And you're going to end up having to get... a quarter of a carat or a half a carat instead of buying uh, a one carat diamond. You know, you're going to have to sacrifice on something else. And at the end of the day, when you're looking at the diamonds side by side, you're not going to be able to tell a difference between a flawless diamond or a diamond that has, let's say, a VS2 or an SI1 clarity. Those are clarity grades. Right. And, you know, there's no reason to be spending the money on something that only improves the paper. Yes. You should be paying for things that improve the visual impact of the diamond. Right, like the cut. What was the other ones that were really important, like the clarity and the color? The big ones are cut and size. You know, you want to get a well-cut diamond because uh, as well-cut as the diamond is, that's going to determine how brilliant the diamond is. And people like diamonds because they sparkle. And other than that, size matters. That's what people see. When somebody sticks their hand out and says they're engaged, the first thing people are going to notice is the size of the diamond. Right. You then want to make sure that the other qualities aren't, you know, they don't cross a line to the point where it's readily visible to people. Right. You don't want the diamond to look a little yellow in the setting, uh, off-white. You don't want a big inclusion in the middle that people are going to see and say, ooh, that's a garish-looking diamond. Right, right. And But other than that, you're at eye clean. And there's a massive difference, as you'd sort of stated, between something that is eye clean, clean to the naked eye, versus something that's clean under inspection equipment that your girl is simply not going to use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we did, um, Ira, last time he was in New York, he did a nice uh, video in Times Square where he had, he had two diamond rings uh, with the same size and the same cut. And the difference was one was a higher color and clarity and one was a lower color and clarity. And the price difference was about $8,000. One was $13,000 and the other one was $5,000. And nobody was able to tell the difference between the two. I, I agree. I've seen videos on YouTube where diamond experts are talking about how you can't tell the difference, and they're like, Joe, you've been looking at diamonds for 35 years. Can you tell the difference between these two? And he's looking, and he's looking, and he's looking, and he goes, yeah, not not really. I mean, I'm sure I could with my, like, I don't know, whatever equipment thing, like his monocle-looking thing, but he's like, you know, from here, no. And he was his nose was in those diamonds, but he couldn't tell with the naked eye. And he's been doing diamond stuff for 30 years. And they weren't leagues apart, but he definitely couldn't. You can't tell, like, uh, the small inclusions one from, like, small inclusions two. It's, like, impossible. Exactly. It's impossible. I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned before, that the jeweler was saying you... You know, he's going to show you higher clarity diamonds than you can find or higher quality diamonds than you can find online. But that's actually not true. I was recommending you lower quality diamonds, but the same websites, they list everything. You know, these websites, they actually don't own the inventory, most of the websites that we recommend. They're listing the diamonds directly from the manufacturers with a razor thin margin. And, you know, a manufacturer lists all the thousands of diamonds they have, whether they're top quality, medium quality or low quality. So you can really get whatever you want. Yeah, I definitely looked on the site and uh, perused and saw some of the insanely priced ones, like my friend who you helped, whose name who shall remain nameless because he's been on the show. I mean, he bought like a fifty thousand dollar diamond 
which I did not get, and he saved eight. I mean, just like he saved a new car worth of of money exactly. on it by getting it through you, which I was one of the other things that just like sealed the fact that we need to do this because he's he can't stop texting me and he's like, dude, I owe you so big. I owe you so so big for introducing me to Mike and. The paper, though, the certification, I think, is key because I don't want, this was another scam that I ran into, and I wasn't even doing a ton of shopping, and I ran into all these scams. I had different labs certifying different diamonds, similar diamonds, I should say, with vastly different grades and things like that. Tell us about how the certification process works. Now that people are getting warm to the idea of buying online, let's find out why certification matters because I don't want someone to go, man, Jordan, I got an even better deal at this local thingamajig because the certification is either standard or totally BS and sounds fake and sounds legit and totally isn't. Absolutely. You know, we were talking about the four C's and the different qualities and how that determines the value, but how do you know what those qualities are? You know, the average consumer can't look at a diamond and say, hey, this is a colorless diamond or this is a VS2 or a slightly included, you know, clarity grade. You know, consumers can't do that. What a consumer needs is they need the grades given to them by independent certification. There are some jewelers, very few, but there are some jewelers that will sell diamonds without any certificate. And to me, that, that's ludicrous. I mean, you're walking into a store and you're saying, They're in South Africa put. in the jungle. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. that's the equivalent. It's like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm going to ask you, what quality and how much do you think it's worth? And then I'll pay you for it. And it just doesn't make any sense to, to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, diamond grades are a little subjective. I mean, the, cat, the actual weight of the diamond and the dimensions of the diamond, which determine the cut, those are concrete. Those are objective facts. And all the, all the laboratories will be the same about that. But color and clarity are actually subjective. So... Different laboratories can have different opinions of what a quality is. You know, the color scale starts at D color, that's a, a perfectly white diamond, and it goes all the way down to Z. So one laboratory can say a diamond is, let's say, an F color, whereas another laboratory can say it's a G color, and another laboratory can say it's J color. You know, it's, it's not an objective fact. So what you need is you need to find the laboratories that are considered to be the, the industry standard. You know, they're very consistent, they're very strict in their grading, what they say you're getting is what you're what you will be receiving. So which labs which labs should we be looking at that are like genuinely or generally accepted across the board? The gold standard is uh, GIA and AGS, Gemological Institute of America and American Gemological Society. Okay. Those two stand head and shoulders above anybody else. You can nitpick between the two which one you think is a better lab, but in reality they're both great labs and they're they're consistent. When they say you're getting a certain diamond, you're getting that diamond. Uh, there are some laboratories that are a little less strict and a little less consistent. Uh, those would be, let's say, IGI and HRD. Both of those laboratories are, are still pretty decent, but in reality, if you're spending more than a couple thousand dollars, you should only be getting the gold standard. And then south of there, there are some laboratories that are you know, borderline fraudulent. Uh, you know, I can't say anything worse than that because I don't want to open myself to litigation. Right. There's a laboratory called EGL, uh, European Genealogical Laboratory, and they're notorious. Many prominent retailers have been uh, under lawsuits. Uh, they've been getting sued left and right because they sold diamonds to people with EGL certificates. And obviously the qualities were wildly off. And the people got screwed and they tried suing. 
they weren't able to win the lawsuits because at the end of the day, it's the consumer's responsibility to make sure that they're finding the right certificates to buy. Yeah, so basically, you need to listen to the show and, and learn from you, and if you don't, then unfortunately, legally, it is your fault that you got screwed. Yeah. Which really sucks, actually. Yeah, when you know, when you were describing how you decided to buy an engagement ring, and then, you know, the next day, we happened to be in touch, and it was just perfect timing. The worst timing that I see on our website are people that find us the day after they bought something. Yeah. And, you know, some people end up getting a decent deal, and if it's not terrible, I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to say anything if there's nothing they can do about it. But sometimes I get, you know, emails from people bragging that they were able to do this. And, you know, I think that, you know, the websites that I recommend, they thought that I say that they're cheap and they found something even cheaper. And then I see that it's EGL certified and they're really getting a far inferior diamond and they're overpaying for that diamond. Right. And the, and you're like, OK, cool. Yeah. Be happy with your purchase. Like, no big deal. Yeah. What, what you, they don't know won't hurt them at that point. Right. Exactly. And and there's people listening now that are like, well, wait a minute. Okay, great. Yeah, you know, you can get an eye clean diamond or you can find somebody can get another with a different certificate. But, you know, wh what if I'm investing in diamonds? Like I'm buying this. It's going to appreciate. This is an investment for me. It's not just a ring for my girlfriend. Like you guys are amateurs. This is something that I want as an asset. What do you what do you say to that? Because I, I think I brought up some similar argument that was like, you know, does it make sense to to get something that's going to be worth more in 50 years, like, and you laughed me off the phone. Yeah, listen, hey, diamonds are not a good investment. They, they may be a better investment than buying a product handbag or, you know, Dolce Gabbana shoes. But at the end of the day, it may be a commodity for me as somebody in the business. But for you, you're paying retail. You're buying it as a consumer. And if you ever try to turn around and sell it, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. And historically, you know, diamond prices have appreciated, and I don't see any reason why they won't. But if you buy a diamond today from a retailer for $10,000, if you needed to sell it on the open market, if you needed to go back to a retailer and try to sell it to them, you're not going to be able to get more than $5,000 for that diamond. So what you're doing is you're hoping that the diamond will appreciate in the long run to make up for that loss. But anybody who goes into investing, would laugh you out of the building if you said, hey, I want to buy a stock, and tomorrow it's going to lose half the value, but don't worry, in the long run, you'll probably make money off of it. Right, yeah, no investor in their right mind would ever do anything like that. You're right, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's like those people who invest in, in cars. I know some guys who buy, like, Ferraris and things like that, and one, they're already loaded, and so this yeah. is like a fun way for them to invest, but they don't make that much money off of investing in Ferraris, and, and the process looks a little something like this apply for because you have to apply to buy a certain level of car one of like the you know limited edition they make 500 of them automobiles like a ferrari and drive it once every month for 10 minutes or something like that so you put single digit miles on this thing to keep it running you rotate the tires you buy a storage garage that's temperature controlled that's got security obviously uh, and you have to make sure that you're maintaining the thing and changing the oil and keeping everything up to date and putting armor on the darn thing keeping it out of the sun etc cetera, etc cetera. and in 20 to 30 years the car will then be worth a, a lot more to a collector if you can find one and you know the market well than it was when you bought it meanwhile the markup for all your troubles of keeping the thing going storing it 
if you break even, you might come out slightly ahead, provided you find the right buyer in the right market at the right time. Otherwise, you just had a Ferrari hanging out for a really long time, and maybe you broke even if you're lucky. Exactly. And listen, you know, unfortunately, we we get readers all the time, not all the time, but too often, readers that uh, the engagement didn't work out or somebody's getting divorced, and they're trying to sell a diamond. And I have never had a reader be satisfied with the price that they got for selling the diamond. Whether they went through a contact that we put them in touch with or whether they went on their own and tried to sell it by a Craigslist or eBay, nobody's ever gotten back to me and said, you know what? I, I made some good money on that. I'm really happy I purchased that diamond. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I love diamonds. I mean, diamonds are beautiful and people enjoy them and that's great. But people should look at them for what they are. They're a luxury purchase. If you want to go and buy a Jaguar and you can afford it, go buy a Jaguar. If you want to buy, you know, Prada shoes, go buy Prada shoes. Don't come to me and tell me that this is an investment. You know, people can rationalize spending more more on diamonds than they would other luxury items if they're an investment. But in reality, they're just they're just not. Speaking of investing and buying the stone in the first place and rationalizing the purchase, what's some of your advice about buying a stone? buying a diamond, buying a ring, because the first thing you asked me and the first tip you gave me was, hey man, think about your budget. What is it, let's like, we can talk about everything else after you have that. I had to sleep on it, because I, I hadn't even really thought about it, and you said, don't even go into this without having a number. Why is that, and why is that, and why is, why is that your top tip? Well, it's so easy to overspend on diamonds. There's no such thing as a big enough diamond. Every person will say, hey, this is just a little bigger, this is just a little better, maybe I'll spend a little more money. If you don't have a budget going in, it's just too easy to keep expanding your budget to the point where you're going to end up spending twice or triple what you were planning on on spending in the beginning. There's no such thing as a right-sized diamond. There's no such thing as a big enough diamond. You have to find something that, you know, a budget that you're comfortable with, and then we can help you get the biggest diamond for that budget. But otherwise, there's just no end to the, uh, the, the options out there for you. Yeah. One of the things that convinced me that you weren't totally full of crap or something like that, one, I looked at your model, your business model, and you had multiple sites. Basically, the way it works, just full disclosure, is like you select stones for people based on budget and the, the criteria that are important, and you send them links, the retailer gives you an affiliate commission, which means the price is exactly the same for the buyer, no matter where they're referred from, and you get a commission for helping them. So if you talk to Mike, like I did, and he sends you a link, he gets credit for the purchase, but it's not like I paid more for that because you helped me. Exactly, and listen, you know, everybody has to make money. You know, we're in this for as a business, uh, we're happy to help people, but we need to make a living as well. We're very fortunate, though. We don't own diamonds. We're not buying or selling anything. We don't have any pressure. Our goal is to help people find the best diamonds. And what we do is we research the different companies. We found the websites that we think are the best value for our readers. And we're lucky enough to be to have enough readers that every website is willing to work with us. Yeah. I can't recall the last time I spoke to a website and said, hey, we want to do business with you guys. And they've said no to us. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I mean, what we're doing is we're finding the best diamond for you. And you can choose whether to buy it or not. You're not paying any extra. It's basically those websites are paying a direct marketing fee. 
Right. So instead of paying some other website money to put banner ads on there, which don't really work, we're finding the best the customers for them that actually are tailor made to fit their you know their products, and it's a win win for everybody. Now, the other thing that convinced me was comparing the qualities and being honest with myself whether I could tell the difference. So I looked at many stones. I looked at videos online. I looked at stones in real life. I couldn't tell at all after hours of looking at stuff. So you know damn well that nobody else can. If you're looking for differences and you can't find them, somebody who's just casually looking at the stones, is there's no way that they'll find yeah. them. And then you've got to just be honest with yourself. Instead of rationalizing a purchase like, oh, this one that I already bought before I found Diamonds Pro is slightly more sparkly. Like, okay, if your friend says that, cool, let him have it because he's already kicking himself. But if you haven't pulled the trigger yet on something, be damn honest with yourself because what you'll find is there's no way you can tell. I mean, you have to look at what is it, a really low-grade diamond, and you're like, man, that thing is a little bit yellow, and like I see a chunk of black uh, carbon in there. That's pretty rare. I mean, you'd have to even look to find that diamond. It's not that rare. There are plenty out there, uh, especially with the inclusions. There, there are plenty of diamonds out there that when you take it out of the box and you pull it away from the bright, shiny lights in the jeweler, you, you can see the inclusions pretty easily. Ah, also good to know. There's so many options out there. We're willing to help you narrow it down. And even if you find a diamond from another from another company, if it's a good deal, we'll just tell you it's a great deal and go for it. The issue is that people shouldn't get hung up on different qualities. They shouldn't get super focused on things. If I have a reader that emails me 10 or 15 times and he keeps talking about the color of the diamonds and he says he wants to get a, an F color or a G color diamond, even though I would recommend an I color diamond for him, at that point, because I, I know he's harping on uh, on the color, as soon as he gets the diamond delivered, he's going to open up the box and he's going to say, "Oh, I see color." But if you would hand him, you know, four rings and not tell him which color, you know, which color grade each of those rings has, he wouldn't be able to sell the difference. Yeah. Again, going for eye clean. Uh, yeah. One thing that was sort of a surprise slash disappointment. I was cleaning up uh, my studio and I had hid the diamond which by the way shipped like overnight instantly. I wasn't expecting that, so by the time I got it, I was like, crap, I gotta get this thing out of the house. So I put it in a <laughs> flashlight box in the corner of my studio thinking like, Jenny's not gonna be in here, and if she is, she's certainly not gonna open up a flashlight box. Well, my studio's a huge mess, there's boxes everywhere. I was like, hey, can you take these packages to the store? And she's like, cool, and she wanted to make sure that everything else was in a nice orderly pile, and of course, what does she do? She opens up the flashlight box and finds it, and I'm like, oh man. So luckily, I hadn't gotten the ring. I just bought the stone separately because I wanted to think a little bit more and design a little bit more with the ring. Right. And it actually turned out to be a pretty good idea because I think one of the sort of high hopes that the guys have is they're like, they want the whole thing to be a giant surprise. And I'm not saying, I know you and I agree on this, like it doesn't yeah. mean you shouldn't do a surprise proposal, but you need to get an idea of what she wants because she's wearing this thing for the rest of her life. Exactly. And that's something, listen, uh, how many guys really uh, really know the ins and outs of women's fashion and really, truly understand the different tastes that their partners have? You're putting an insane amount of money into the most important accessory that she's going to wear for the rest of her life, 
and you're banking on your own fashion taste. Right. Like, you might want to bounce it off of her. And you know what? All the things that I had designed, all the things that I envisioned, she said, wow, this is great. You know me really well. This is exactly what I would get. But here's the other problem, right? If you get a diamond ring and the ring has diamonds on the band and you don't know her precise finger size, what happens is you go to the jeweler you have your best guess or you like size her finger in her sleep and you hope that you got it right and then he makes the ring and goes, don't worry, we can, we can resize it or that's what you're thinking. But if there's diamonds on the band and it requires a millimeter of resizing or, or even less, what happens is the band becomes asymmetrical, right? Because the diamonds move ever so slightly and it's it's not a huge deal, but if you think about it, Unless she really just doesn't know it's coming and that's a big deal for you and you have no idea when, you know, she, you don't want her to have a clue, you can take her in there, bounce some ideas off of her, find out she probably doesn't want the crazy thing you thought she wanted or she wants something totally different, get the size absolutely, totally 100% spot on perfect, and then sit on the, di- here's my plan, I'm sitting on this thing for months. She's going to have <laughs> no idea when it's coming and that's fine, the anticipation is exciting too. Yeah. And listen, I mean, the actual proposal, it's nice to do some sort of surprise. Some people are into that. Some people aren't. But I would say most people who are about to get engaged, both parties know that that's coming. You know, that's that's something that you have discussions about before. So to keep the actual ring a surprise, just it doesn't make much sense to me. And, you know, if you want, you can speak to her best friend or you can speak to, to her mother or something like that. But doing it as a complete surprise, I... Too often I get emails from women who say, hey, I just got engaged and it was amazing and I'm so happy, but, you know, this is the ring that I ended up with. Do you think there's any way that I can change things? And, you know, at that point, it's it's really difficult. And it also, you know, that's probably hurtful to the guy. He doesn't want to hear that it wasn't that it wasn't exactly what she wants. So, you know, it's best to just suck it up and let her know that, you know, you're looking into the ring and get some feedback. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the last question that I always hear is like, well, how much should I spend? Right? How much should I be spending on this? And there's there are some like myths about how much you should spend. What do you think about that? You know, what? the last couple of months, I've been getting emails from readers uh, asking the question: Is it true that you know the standard two month salary for the ring has now become three month salary? And I'm just confused by that. You know, who makes this standard of two month salary? Uh, that came around from the beers. That's just pure marketing. They had to come up with, you know, a budget for a diamond. So they said, Hey, two month salary. I don't know how two months salary somehow defines your love. You know, people should be looking at their expenses and you know, how much savings they have and decide, Hey, this is what I'm comfortable spending. And when you're buying a diamond ring, that's usually a point in your life when you're making some other huge commitments. You know, you, you might be thinking about starting a family. You, you're planning a wedding, which is going to be pretty expensive. You shouldn't get tied down to spend, feel pressure to, to spend a certain amount of money just because some commercials are saying so. Exactly. Like, do you really want to spend your entire budget for food and alcohol on the, the part of the ring? 
exactly. uh, when you don't have to. I mean, it's really it really is. And maybe I'm underestimating how much this stuff costs, but still. Uh, and last but not least, and we probably should have done about this. to find out, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah, no kidding. Uh, last but not least, and we probably should have done this in the beginning, but tell us about how diamonds became a thing, right? Because what a lot of people know and a lot of people also don't know is that diamonds weren't even that popular for engagement rings until pretty recently in the scheme of things. Like people think this is an ancient tradition. It's not. It's a bunch of BS. The pricing is decided by a cartel, just like you know, d- drugs are less regulated, right, than than diamonds uh, by far, in fact. And there's a couple of major markets that basically decided, hey, listen, let's buy up all of this and then spend millions or even billions of dollars convincing the world that this is the only way to do this. Well, yeah, that's that's basically what happened. I mean, you know, the Oppenheimer family, uh, the company known as the Beers, you see a lot of their advertising. They had control of the major mines in South Africa, and they thought, hey, let's create a market for this product. And listen, diamonds were always around. People did get engaged and did get used that as their betrothal ring. But people also used emerald cuts. People also used rubies. You know, they used whatever they can get. But the beers ended up having this huge stockpile of diamonds. They figured, let's, let's create a market for it. And they invested. They put together the Diamond is Forever campaign. And that was the greatest marketing campaign of the 1900s. And people still use that slogan. And that's from, I think, the 1950s or 1940s. And, you know, diamonds are pretty, but they're not any different than any other than any other precious gem. Listen, if, if a girl wants a diamond, if they're expecting a diamond ring, you're probably going to end up getting a diamond ring. And you should probably get a nice diamond ring. But don't fall for the traps. Whenever you're shopping, you should you should realize that, hey, this is just marketing. Right. At the end of the day, what you're buying when you buy a diamond ring, you're not taking part in an ancient tradition that came through the Middle Ages or something like that. You're coming through a marketing funnel that was cleverly designed a hundred years earlier. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, you know, you should be looking at it from the point of view that you're doing what you can to make your partner happy. And that's it. Do what you can to make her happy, but don't don't buy into all this other garbage. So how can people get your help if they're like where I was just a few months ago going, how, what am I going to do? I need to read up on this. Ah, screw it. I'll just get a recommendation from a friend for a quote unquote reputable jeweler and that'll take the thinking out of it, which is how everyone gets burned. How do we get help from you? Well, you know, we're a website. Our, our domain is uh, diamonds.pro and you can go to our website. Feel free to peruse. We have plenty of educational material on there. Or you can just contact us and, you know, hit the contact us button and you'll be put in touch with either myself or one of my colleagues. You know, we'll point out the rocks and shoals along the way and try to find you the right diamonds. And it's that easy, right? Because people don't pay, again, they don't pay you. The the companies pay you and you can recommend exactly. different ones. And at the end of the day, people can get educated on the site and then go do it themselves. But there's no exactly. real incentive to do so because they're not actually saving any money by doing it themselves, because again, they don't pay you. And that's what I thought was really useful, because I really was convinced, like, you know what, I'm gonna ask a family friend or a friend of a family friend, I'm gonna get a good recommendation, and what I ended up with was a guy who was trying to screw me over, just like everybody else. And it wasn't super malicious, but he certainly was not willing to even really be straight with me about it, you know? Exactly. Which I found really disheartening. Yeah, and and listen, you know, every every person comes to us in their own way, you know, when the two of us were, were working out the details and trying to find the right diamond for you, we actually had a lot of lengthy discussions about 
what would best fit what you were looking for. Whereas other people come to us, they, they read our website and immediately they, they recognize, hey, this is what we're going to just put the ball in Mike's court. And, uh, you know, your friend who just contacted me, he realized right away, he knows what he's doing. And I made some recommendations. He decided he's going to switch the shape and different things like that. But it was fairly simple for him. You know, he, he didn't have to worry at all. Yeah, that's the process. No, I, he found something, and he's—I'm sure he's going to be delighted with it. No, oh, he is very, very stoked. And I had questions because Jenny's five feet tall, so I didn't want to get something that was really big, thinking like, "Oh, this is going to be so great," and then it looks like she's wearing Halloween costume jewelry, exactly. and it's insane and looks ridiculous and tacky. You know, I'm not a rapper. She doesn't need a five carat diamond. It's that's yeah. kind of nuts. On the other hand, you know, I also wanted something classy. There were a lot of things that went into the cut. I'm a little bit, you know, as people know, I've researched this, the heck out of this stuff, and you were very helpful with that, and I didn't have to worry about your incentives during the process, which right. was really, really awesome. So we'll have your website linked up in the show notes, man, and I really appreciate it, man. You know, you, you saved yeah. me a ton of money. You saved my friend <laughs> a much larger sum, in fact. And yeah. I've been sending a couple of friends to you here and there, and they're all super stoked about it. So I'm really happy that we got a chance to... How how many years of experience do you have working in the diamond business? This point, it's it's closer to fifteen. Yeah, you know, I worked in the industry for about eight years. I've been doing this for about four or five years already. So basically, you have almost fifteen years, which is almost fifteen years more experience than anybody buying their first diamond ring is going to have. Yeah, which is important to note. I've bought tens of millions of dollars worth of diamonds. You know, working with different wholesalers, buying and selling in that scenario, uh, I'm very comfortable figuring out you know, the right diamonds and the best value for the diamonds. All right, thanks so much, really good stuff. I mean, again, we're not talking about a paltry sum. This isn't, oh, you saved 99 bucks on a stone. This is, oh, you saved, I, I think my friend literally saved like 30,000 plus dollars on his ring. And you know, depending where he would have gone, um, and it's not just the price, you know, the, the, the biggest fear is that you're gonna walk in and think you bought a $50,000 diamond and really you got a $5,000. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the biggest fear. People also get, you know, overpay. You walk into Tiffany's, you're going to get a really nice diamond, but you're going to spend an extra $30,000. Some people don't care about that. And you know, good for them. They can just walk into Tiffany's and, and, you know, not think about it, not think twice. But um, we can help anybody find the best value. Excellent. Thanks so much, Mike. Super interesting. Diamonds is an investment. What a joke. And of course, all those pitfalls that you just never think about. Tons of tips on how to save a ton of money when you're finally buying a ring. I know this show might not appeal to everyone right away. Uh, of course, share this with your friends who you know are on the market for a ring. You might save them thousands of dollars or even more. Show feedback and guest suggestions. This show is a fanarchy. It's run by you. I rely on you to help keep my finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let me know. I'm Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Mike on Twitter. We'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. Bootcamp details for our live programs at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And remember, subscribe to the show in iTunes. Of course, we have our iPhone and Android apps available in those markets as well. That's theartofcharm.com slash iPhone or slash Android. And review the show. That is what sets us apart from all the other schleps over there in iTunes and Stitcher. So go for that, and I will love you forever. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the AOC podcast. And tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week, and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. 
Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 